0: You're listening to the Tool Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockolds and Tom Hiscott.
1: Welcome, listeners, to the first Toolstation Station Western League podcast of 2019. It is episode 22, and my name is Ian Knockolds, and I am delighted to join on the line once again, uh, Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not too bad,
2: thanks. Um, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good festive period. Uh, how was your How was your New Year?
1: well I, I am rather suffering from a cold as the good burgers of um, of devizes and radstock will, will will testify to i did manage to get out and watch a little bit of festive football uh, over the over the winter period after we got shot of all the relatives um, over christmas and uh, unfortunately that was that, that proved to be quite a fundamental mistake on my part because um, i have been i have i I, re- I really have not been in the best of health and um, I haven't actually been able to taste anything since ah. um, December the 27th, which is, you know, okay. it, I mean, it could have been worse because I think it would have been pretty disheartening not to have been able to enjoy my Christmas dinner. But right. um, anyway, I am, um, you know, I, 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 would, I would bleed for my art. So right. I felt the least I could do was, was to get out and watch some, some, um, some Western League football. But um, I hope you've enjoyed better health over the festive period, Tom.
2: I think it sounds like it, yeah. Um, not, not, nothing, nothing too bad this end. Yeah, a little Good. bit of overeating, overeating, but that's definitely not, definitely not, uh,
1: yeah, a bad thing and not uncommon at this time of the year anyway we've managed to make it through the festive period we have enjoyed our little um, sabbatical but I must admit Tom I, I was getting withdrawal symptoms so it is very good to hear from you again and uh, that we can get back to um, um, looking at the important business of Western League football um, and what an episode of the podcast uh, we have today of course not just interviews um, with, um, with Chipping Sudbury Town of, uh, of the Premier Division and Chippenham Park of the First Division but also we're catching up with an old friend of the podcast it's Mike Mitchell, the chairman of Willand Rovers, because of course Willand were in FA VAR's action, and uh, what a wonderful way for them to start um, 2019. But we will be covering that um, later in the podcast. Now uh, we'll kick off um, with a little bit of a whistle stop tour through some uh, a very brief selection, a selection box, if you like, a little bit of pick and mix, festive pick and mix. Uh, of the festive fixtures. And uh, Boxing Day, of course, is something that, we, um, that we, all, uh, we all desperately look forward to. And a couple of the fixtures um, that, uh, that caught my eye, there was a, 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 a heavily contested derby between Buckland Athletic and Plymouth Parkway, which saw um, the Plymouth side... Um, Emerged the victors there by two goals to one. Um, Shortwood United, of course, they picked up their first points of the season. Um, that was um, uh, that was away at um, Chipping Sudbury Town. And uh, if we look at some of Chipping Sudbury's results uh, that have happened later in the festive period, Tom, that actually wasn't a you know that that, that, that wasn't a bad point at all. No, indeed, uh,
2: brilliant. Couldn't to break that up. I know it's only a point, and still. Still looking for that, uh, that, that elusive victory, but um, yeah, um, certainly not a not a bad uh, point to pick up. And um, yeah, fingers crossed it can maybe uh, kickstart something over the second second half of the season. As you said, Chipping Sopry, um doing doing pretty well themselves. So maybe slipped up a little bit uh, against Shortwood, but uh, doing well, all in good. So yeah. Not, not too bad of a
1: game to pick out, I think. Well, the other one that caught my eye in the, um, in the Boxing Day fixtures in the Premier Division was um, Westbury United against Bradford Town. This was a match that we talked about in our sort of preview of the festive fixtures because I had a feeling in my water that it might throw up something of an upset. And, um, of course, Westbury have... Drawn matches this season, but they had not lost. They had not lost until Boxing Day, and um, I mean that in of itself is a fantastic achievement. Perhaps the other more notable and more impressive achievement for both Westbury and for Bradford, who of course are near neighbours in Wiltshire, is the fact that four hundred and forty-five people saw this game, and that really tells us everything that Boxing Day Western League football is all about.
2: Yeah, I mean there were some pretty big crowds up and up and up and down the. Uh, the leagues, but that one in particular, yeah, really did stand out and obviously, um, yeah, treated to a pretty, pretty good game <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um, uh, a pretty momentous
1: uh, three point for, for Bradford, it turned out to be. Well, uh, another match that caught my eye, and of course, this was another one of the games that I previewed um, before the um, um, before the, um, and the festive break, was the Coalfield Classico, Welton Rovers against Redstock Town, two sides that have recently parted company with the management teams that they started the season with. For different reasons, no neither side really been able to recorded a positive result in the build-up to this particular fixture. Always keenly contested. The bragging rights go to Radstock. But again, one of the most eye-catching things, and I think we've got to salute the the, the First Division in this, Tom. Some of the crowds... Um, or the number of three-figure crowds we saw in the first division on, on uh, Boxing days fa- well phenomenal. This one in particular, 323 people at West Clues for that Coalfield Classic hour. A real testament not just to interest in Western League football, but also the rich history um, that those two member clubs enjoy. The interest
2: is definitely there. Obviously, we don't get it every, every Saturday afternoon, but when we do get a, a, an opportunity... Um, like a like a boxing day and obviously people are people are looking for things to do. That that really does stand out as uh, yeah, really impressive to for from Welton's point of view to get that many people in there. And obviously unfortunately for them it was it wasn't a way victory. Sam Gregory doing the business again for Radstock uh, on, on Boxing Day. But yeah, um yeah, as we say, um, pretty impressive and, and, and the
1: history definitely shines through a metal. Absolutely right. Now the other result I think is worth calling out on Boxing Day was Keynesham Town nine Oldland yeah. abertonians nil. Now under different circumstances, it might be a little bit cruel to point this out, and indeed, you know, I, I don't think I'd be winning many friends in in Oldland by suggesting that perhaps a few of the few of the team were perhaps enjoyed Christmas Day a little bit too much. I raised that score line purely because. Um, only a matter of a few days later, indeed Saturday the 29th, Oldland Abertonians were at it again. They were involved in another nine-goal scoreline, but this time they actually managed to win by nine goals to two. I mean, well, not since the 1960s, I don't think, have we seen turnabout fixtures that have, have thrown up two quite such remarkable scorelines. Yeah, I
2: mean, to go from conceding so six in the second half at, at Keynesham, well, yeah. Fed, so they capitulated a little bit there, uh, allowing Matt Brown to score four to then come back a couple of days later um, and put, put nine past uh, Porter's head side. Pretty interesting stuff. I mean, there wasn't a huge crowd for Oldland's uh, game on the Saturday, and maybe obviously, having suffered a big defeat, that, that might explain why. But um, certainly shows that, that those sort of games can be, can be pretty interesting, and obviously, Oldland, uh, yeah, I think uh, it might be in a few more, few more fans if, uh, if goals for
1: back from Yeah, I think if um, if people had known they were going to score nine, there'd probably been a bigger crowd than eighteen yeah. um, at that game. Um, just before we move away from the festive fixture list, and um, we have to say that, um, that Shortwood United were in action again on Saturday, the twenty of December, and they re- they registered their second point of the season. This time, a one all draw at home to Cribs. So that just goes to prove the point that um, Shortwood United are like buses. Um, You wait for a result for ages and then two come along at once. Uh, and um, finally, in the Premier Division, Clevedon Town against Cadbury Heath. Cadbury Heath, of course, we know got a great cup pedigree this season. Clevedon Town have been doing very nicely, thank you. Um, we've previewed their under-18s fixture against um, uh, against uh, Manchester City in the FA Youth Cup, but actually the first team, the full first team, have been going along rather nicely, and this was another good result for them, Tom, 4-1 at home. Yeah, indeed, they well,
2: uh, yeah... Looking ahead to to what we're going to uh, review from the weekend, just been, but they're definitely in this promotion race. Uh, as you say, a four-one victory uh, last weekend against Cabra uh, Heath, and they're they're getting the best out of their forward players. There's a couple of couple of names that keep cropping up every Saturday afternoon with uh, with goals to their name, and uh, yeah, they're definitely a force to be reckoned with. Tid Camper and, and Tyler Ashmead yeah, seem to be getting the business done. So they're definitely uh, a team we'll be we have to watch over the next next couple
1: of months. Well, that brings us up to date then, and we, um, we take a look at the fixes that have just happened on Saturday the 5th of January. And really, we can't start anywhere else but the FA VAR's fourth round. And uh, two of our member sides were in action, both at home, and um, arguably the side with the greater task at hand was, um, was Cribs against um, high-flying shoaling. And uh, unfortunately, um, this one went with a form guide, Tom. Yeah,
2: it did a little bit, uh, unfortunately. Cribs falling to the the 2-0 defeat so yeah, they're uh, they're no longer in the Val's this season uh, they did pretty well to get this far Uh, but it was goals from uh, Dan Mason and Lee Ward either side of the break uh, which gave Scholling a 2-0 victory and yeah they, they move on to the 5th round
1: Well um, a slightly narrower affair at Willen but certainly came out in favour of our side uh, Willand Rovers um, winning 1-0 um, against Hamworthy United so they progress into the 5th round the draw has been made and who do we know that Willand have got today then Tom?
2: A team I've never heard of in my, in my, in my life uh, Deeping Rangers uh, they're from South Lincolnshire I believe so that'll be uh, an interesting game obviously Willand Getting the home tie, which which should be uh, which should be helpful, uh, but obviously riding high at the top of the uh, the Premier Division, and uh, yeah, a one-nil victory over Hamworthy United on Saturday, uh, thanks to a goal in the second half, early in the second half from uh, Luke Mortimer, who's obviously done extremely well for them this season, leading scorer, and uh, yeah, his his headed effort was uh, was enough to put the sides, and it's willing to uh, move on to the fifth round.
1: Well, Deeping Rangers are a team that we will be hearing more about from our league's press officer, Kerry Miller, um, nearer. To the time that we uh, that we that we get to that um, that fifth round match, but to, I thought this was a fantastic opportunity to get back in touch with Mike Mitchell, the chairman of Willand. Mike had spoken to us um, when the um, uh, when Willand had progressed from the third round of the FA Vars. So I thought it was only right to go back to him and congratulate him on Willand's progress in this year's FA Vars competition.
3: It's it's always nice as as a chairman as of any club. It's always nice financially, of course. Uh, but you know I'm looking at it now. I think we've got a group of lads here now. It's capable of anything, I think. We've been in situations like this before in my reign and and about eight years ago we've done a similar sort of thing. In, also in the league, we, uh, we used up until Christmas we used the content with the top position site. Like. but uh, I think this year, <laughs> um, I, I think we we could be in a, in a different story. I think we we got a, a squad here. Russell have built a squad here, boys that enjoy their football, enjoy playing good football. Last Saturday, we on other teams, other teams we have had here, we would have lost that game. But we've dug we've dug in. You know, it wasn't the conditions, wasn't right for for playing good football Saturday. But I mean, we got through it, and then. It, to me, I mean, I'm highly delighted.
1: So it was every bit as close as the 1-0 scoreline suggests?
3: To me, I mean, we were always the better side. Like I say, other years, we, we haven't got that goal. We, we wouldn't we wouldn't have kept the clean sheet. And But this year, it seems things are going well at the moment. I know it, in football could all change. All could change in... Uh, we could go on our league game Saturday up to Angrove and, and we could get hammered. You know, it, I've been in situations like that, but um, I got a funny feeling this year, or I got a good feeling this year that that you know something's going to happen with us. I mean, we have got a side; he's built a side here that can cope with anything. I think.
1: Well, you've um, the draw's been made for the next round of the Vars, and you've been drawn against Deeping Rangers. So, how much do you yes. know about them?
3: I I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't know what who they were or where they from until Monday lunchtime and I, I, we got plans now of going to going to watch them uh, it's a fair old trip up there I think it's about 250 miles I think it's about a four hour journey but um, yeah it's, it, it's quite interesting I, I mean I don't think they've lost away all season um, they, they're about 4th or 5th in the league but they got games in hand the last 16 of a national competition, you've got to be a good side.
1: The fact of the matter is, though, that they've got to make that, <clears throat> when it comes to the actual cup game itself, they've got to make that trip to you. So how important is it for you? How, um, how happy were you to see that you'd got another home draw in the next round of the competition?
3: Well, I, I, was, I was speaking to our manager, Russell, uh, on Sunday, and he said I said, well, what would you like? Would you like to go away and play somewhere else, somewhere different? And he said, oh, yes, it's always nice to go away, but look out on, on a win basis. Anybody home, he said, you know, we, we can, we can uh, attract anyone home to come down here and we'll give them a good fight like.
1: Well, and you've already alluded to this um, earlier in the interview, um, Mike, but I mean, 2019 is shaping up to be a potentially quite a special year for, for you and the club. You find yourself sat at the very top of the um, of Premier Um, division at the moment so does this cut run give you a bit of a a headache I mean you know have you prioritised one competition over the other or is it really just sort of uh, let's just see what the next game brings
3: yeah I think you're right there I think to see what the next game brings I think uh, of any club I mean a cup competition is always a bonus financially as well like but uh, you know uh, bringing a team from Lincolnshire down to here is, is, is going to cost us, you know, a fair amount on, on travelling expenses. You know, and it's all not, I mean, the prize money on, on the FA Vos is nothing like the FA Cup. We, we hope to get a good crowd here, but uh, it, we, we're looking at bar takings, draw price, you know, all kinds of things like that to make up, you know, the, the, the financial loss that we will have from, you know, bringing, bringing deeping down here. We, have, we haven't budgeted for any cup games. It is so nice to be in any cup game. And, and to get further is, is, is brilliant.
1: Well, it's it's great for you and and the players and the club, of course. It's also great for the fans. And um, obviously, as the sole representatives now of the Western League, I hope that the league gets behind you in this in this next game. And it, by the sounds of it, you could do with a few um, you could do with a few travelling friends. Uh, That's right. Uh, mean, you know, we
3: always and, um, take a, We always take a coach away, and we always we got hard and core of about I don't know 15, 15 fans that always go away, and they like the day out. If we go any further, and we have got to go on our away trip, I would love to see some more fans come. But having said that, the fans we've getting on our own games now have increased this year, uh, and it's, it's, I think they applaud good football. You know, we we got some big teams around us: Tauntons, your Tivertons, your Bucklands, uh, Parkways, and all that. You know, but I mean, people are coming to watch us now, which is which is great.
1: And my thanks to Mike for his time. Now, we move into the Premier Division. Plenty of football to talk about here. I think it would be fair to say that all of our sides want to hit the ground running in 2019. We'll start our coverage by looking at um, a top-of-the-table clash between Bridgewater Town and Westbury United.
2: Yeah, pretty important game, obviously, and it was a Bridgewater victory. Uh, A 2-1 win, uh, home to Westbury, uh, now having suffered two two defeats uh, after going unbeaten for so long. So had to to come unstuck at some point. But a a pretty big crowd at Fairfax Park, 237 there. And it was uh, Bridgewater who made the better start. Jake Brown and then uh, Jake Llewellyn scoring from the spot. He's a pretty good uh, penalty option for them. Uh, He's scored a fair few uh, this season. Uh, Putting them 2-0 ahead. Uh, Callum Demkiv then doing the business again for for Westbury, getting them back in the game. Obviously having a stellar season himself. Uh, But uh, unfortunately, Westbury... Unable to get the, uh, the equaliser and it, was Bridgewater who ran out uh, the victors and gained three points, which now moves them ahead of Westbury in, in the league as we
1: look at it. Yeah, that was always going to be a difficult um, game for, for Westbury and slightly disappointing, I'm sure, for, for them that uh, that match had to come just off the back of that uh, disappointment on, um, on Boxing Day, um, their first loss of the season. But um, they've had a couple to contend with now. It'll be interesting to see how they shape up. Uh, For the rest of the season, but you know, yet another one of Bridgewater's very, very impressive um, crowds um, to uh, to witness that game. Brislington. uh, Now they were entertaining Buckland Athletic, and this proved to be a five-goal thriller. Tom. It yes, so
2: Buckland a little bit, a little bit of a a bad run. Uh, I think it was four without a win. And uh, they came from behind in this one to, to, to beat Brislington 3-2. So yeah, really good result on the road for them. Charlie Johansson had put them ahead uh, before Connor begins and Mike Rimmer had then uh, turned the game on its head, turned the game on its head uh, to, to put Brislington ahead. Uh, but then in the final 20 minutes, Button managed to, to regroup and it was crisply uh, equalising uh, before Ryan Bush scored uh, the fifth goal of the game, uh, 15 minutes from time to to give Button the 3-2 victory.
1: Now, another five-goal thriller occurred at Plymouth Parkway. The visitors were chipping Sudbury Town, and, um, well, it was the visitors who took the spoils, um, putting to bed, I believe, a ten-game run for the home side, um, chipping Sudbury, emerging the victors here.
2: Yeah, Plymouth Parkway really, really found their form. Uh, probably would have fancied themselves to get another, another three points in this one. 227 there, so another, another juicy crowd in the Premier division. Uh, and they made a good start at the home side. Uh, Adam Carter putting them ahead. Uh, but then it was a, a three-goal blitz from uh, from Chipping Sudbury. Uh, that was Luke Berman, Dan Dempsey, and then Joe White uh, extending the, the advantage uh, to 3-1. Uh, Adam Carter did manage to, to pull a goal back for, for way, but it wasn't to be. And it was, yeah, a pretty impressive, uh, maybe slightly surprising away win for Chipping Sudbury town.
1: Well, we haven't heard from Chipping Sudbury so far in the podcast this season, so I, I thought that was the perfect opportunity to get in in touch with uh, Joe White. Well, I started off by congratulating Joe on that impressive win away at high-flying Plymouth Parkway.
4: Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yes, it was um, certainly, oh, I think it's the longest um, journey, uh, well, certainly for us, it is uh, away in, in this league. And um, it took a sort of at least two and a half, two and a half, two hours, 45 minutes to get there. And um, <laughs> yeah, certainly... With their league position, they're certainly one of the stronger teams in our league, and it was uh, it was just fantastic to come away from there, obviously with the, the the three points on on Saturday.
1: Well, I mean, you talk about them being one of the strongest teams in the league. Were you aware that their form? I think um, they hadn't been beaten in ten matches before your game. So, I mean, how optimistic were you going into Saturday that you could get something out of the match? Yeah.
4: yeah. Well, I, I was very aware of that because. Um, yeah, I was very aware that it hadn't been beaten uh, in sort of ten games. That so you <laughs> try not to really post that message to our players before we go down there. You, know, you don't put <laughs> too many, too many negatives in their mind before you get there. But I was, it was in the back of my mind. But I think the thing about our sort of young uh, team that we have um, is that we know that if we're right at it and firing on all cylinders, we can we can match anyone in our league on our day. Um, and it's just that sort of getting that consistency out of our players. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, we know that if we, can, we get to a certain level, we can potentially beat anyone in this league. So that is always um, a good feather in our cap. But like I said, the, the consistency is just the thing with us at times. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, you know, I'm always confident that we, we can beat anyone, but it's just uh, actions obviously always speak louder than words out on the pitch.
1: Well, I think if you're going to find a time to beat a side like Plymouth Parkway, the first game of a new year is not a bad yes. time to do it. But I mean, the Christmas period hadn't hadn't been the kindest to you. I think it would be fair to say. I mean, you drew with, with Shortwood and you, yeah. you you lost away at Bridport. So I mean, yeah. is it a question of will the true chipping sodbury please stand up because, you know, a side that's capable of winning away at Plymouth Parkway, as you say, should be should be capable of of going on to a pretty pretty glorious
4: things this season well yes i mean i mean we, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves it was it was a great victory down there we, we also had a good victory away at odd down about six or seven weeks ago as well and we we drew at westbury away um so, so the, the the signs always being there we've beaten buckland away as well earlier on in the season so like i said uh Brid, the bridport game was um uh, a little bit frustrating because we we conceded two goals early, and especially at this standard of football. If you go, I think it was two 0 down within ten minutes away to Bridport, and one of them was a set piece and a bit of sloppy defending. So that that wasn't easy for us. But the Bridport game was some of the best football we played all season in spells albeit we lost four two. And then obviously the Shortwood game on Boxing Day. I think probably fair to say that both teams have probably enjoyed themselves the day before, which which you don't you don't begrudge them at this this level. You know we we haven't got a huge budget whatsoever. We're, we you know we're working uh, with what we are, uh, and that's fine. So you, you can't really say to them, look lads, you, you know, don't eat, and don't drink as much, that much on Christmas Day. And I think it was clear to see the short game that both teams probably indulged the previous couple of days uh, potentially. But, you know, at some point, Shortwood will win a game. And it was it was obviously disappointing to draw with them at home on Boxing Day. Um, but they actually then drew with Cribs mm, as well a few, a few days later. So I think there's signs that actually they are picking up. And sooner or later, I'm sure they will win their first league game. You know, I've I've had a few conversations with the manager there um, at Shortwood, um, and we played them that. and that. They will win a game at some point because uh, um, they, they've added a few players and they have got a little bit stronger. Obviously, you, you you look at it on paper, you think yes, we should beat them. You know, a lot of teams have beat them three or four nil and things like that. But it doesn't always necessarily work like that, and like I said, you know we've beaten Odell Down away, we've beaten Buckland away, we've beaten Plymouth Parkway away, and sometimes I think football has a way of evening itself out. And, you know, you've only got to watch match of the day on a Saturday evening, and you know there's always there's shock results, isn't there, every other weekend? So I think that's just the nature of football. Um, but yeah. So obviously, certainly back to the Plymouth Parkway game. It's great to go down there and and get the three points.
1: I think you're absolutely right in what you're saying. I, you know, it's it's also very interesting to get your, your take on these matters, particularly the um, the festive habits of the Western League footballer. Because of course, yeah. you've got a foot in both camps on this one, haven't you, Joe? Because you're you're still playing.
4: I am, yes. Um, so, uh, I, well, I'll be I'll be 29 in about a month, but um, I've had sort of. Um, Played at a fairly reasonable non-league standard now for about ten years or so, and I, well, I, I, I did have a professional contract at Bristol Rovers for a couple of years, but got released. I wasn't quite good enough to play in the professional game, so I've had quite an extensive um, non-league career. And uh, I think, it, being my local club, I just felt that the time was right to sort of step up and help them out. And I, ju- I just felt, with all of my experiences I've had, I, 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 I felt a sense of duty to step up and try and. Help the club out of a bit of a tricky situation. Obviously, we, we were bottom of the league, lost five out of five when um, when I took over. Um, and yeah, m- moving forward, I, I just want to see the club progress if we can. And um, yeah, I, I got the club's best interests at heart, really.
1: So like many um, player managers, um, it's always yep. a good idea to have a very strong a- assistant on the, um, the sidelines, um, making yep. sure that all of the, 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 the game management is taking place as it should. And um, I, I think it would be fair to say that you, you probably couldn't have picked a better partner in that.
4: Well, yeah, uh, obviously... Um my dad steve is um well i think the he, he's joint manager and i've also got um uh, my good friend aston newman as assistant manager as well so there's there's at least two others there and obviously my dad well he was fortunate enough to play professionally for 20 years so he he is a great help and i bounce things off him all the time and he he's fantastic he's depth of knowledge in terms of football is brilliant and Aston is my good mate as well he's um, obviously there with dad and he's played at a decent non-league standard he was a defender and knows and, and, and his stuff and helps the younger lads out as well so with them both there um, I think we've got a really solid platform as well and hopefully with myself um, yeah for the club moving forward
1: Is your dad still registered as a player?
4: Well <laughs> yes some of the lads have been having a bit of a joke and saying we should try and get him signed on and uh, get him to have some sort of cameo appearance but uh, he, he turned 60 actually the other day uh, so <laughs> uh, I'm not quite sure whether he's got the legs for it anymore
1: I've got something of an insight into veterans football and I've, I've seen some very sprightly 60 year olds in my time so I'm, I'm <laughs> sure he might well have something to offer but on a serious note it sounds like this opportunity has come round probably a little bit earlier um, than than you would perhaps planned on, but the opportunity yep. has presented itself, and it certainly seems yep. like one that you're grasping with both hands. I mean, yep. is it your aspiration to continue in this in this role um, and for the, the for, for the foreseeable future? And, and where do you where do you see Chipping Sudbury in the sort of the medium to longer term? Yes, well,
4: uh, certainly I, I've got a. Uh... While I'm still young enough, I do really enjoy playing, and at the end of the day, it, it, I think if it benefits the team um, for, for me to play and help out, then that's great. But moving on from that to the sort of coaching and management side, um, it does really interest me. I, 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 you know, I love the game, and I, I think that I can I can make a difference in terms of, of trying to help this club move forward. and um, yeah, we're we're uh, we're in a lovely location in chippen You know, we're we're in the Tool Station League now, which is fantastic. Obviously, won promotion to it a couple of years ago, and uh, we we are working with sort of you know limited resources. Our, our committee wouldn't um, mind me saying that but that's just a fact. So we do have to rely on sort of young lads and, and try and get a sort of team spirit and good camaraderie together for us to move forward. Um, but it's I really love. Uh, trying to get the best out of the lads uh, uh, and seeing the club progress and hopefully, you know, we, we sort of move ourselves away from uh, the lower part of the table now and hopefully we can, we've got 15 games left so we can start looking up the table as opposed to sort of down. Um, that's what I would like now for the remainder of the season.
1: Well, it's Brislington at home on Saturday and um, really yeah. for those people who've obviously been impressed by that um that win at Plymouth Parkway, you, you know, turning the corner in 2019 really will, will involve you putting back-to-back results together. So that adds a little bit more pressure onto that Brislington game for you.
4: It does, it does. But I think the the key message to our players is that if we can get our sort of effort and concentration levels right up to where we know we can get them, um, then results will look after themselves. Um, uh, uh, and that's what we we always. The, and, uh, any, anyone can beat anyone in this league and, and that's been proven I think for you know throughout the years at this sort of tool station level so you know if we can just make sure we do our part and get our effort levels there we've always got a great chance of competing with anyone in this league so yeah but like you said in, until you string two or three back to back results together uh, you don't tend to move up too many places
1: <laughs> and my thanks to Joe for his time now uh, another team that's been in, in good form of late uh, is Shepton Mallet, and they continued that impressive form on, on on Saturday with a 3-0 win at home to Bridport.
2: Yeah, indeed. Uh, a 3-0 victory uh, for Shepton Mallet. Doing really well at home, uh, particularly at the moment, I think. Uh, so that was a sixth home victory uh, on the bounce for them. Uh, a 3-0 win over Bridport, as I say. Uh, two goals for Caelan Gould, who's doing, who's doing pretty well in front of the goal, and then also Tyson Pollard, who's had a, uh, another good season to date. Uh, yeah, easing them to
1: the three 0 win. And finally, in the Premier Division, um, Shortwood United they entertain Clevedon Town. Off the back of two draws in the festive period, could Shortwood record their first win uh, of the uh, of the campaign? Well, Clevedon Town had other ideas.
2: Mm, yeah, indeed. Uh, Clevedon now definitely up with the big boys, as I said earlier. Um, they're definitely in this promotion race. Uh, up into up onto forty eight points following this three one victory, uh, and it was. Um, Gold, golden. This one uh, from Tyler Ashmead and Sam Holden. Uh, he's striking in the first half. Uh, before Lee Bowles pulled a goal back for Shortwood, so they were definitely in this game. But um, it was Sid Camper uh, wrapped things up pretty late on for the for the seasiders, and it was yeah, a 3-1 win, but not, not not an easy not an easy affair for Clevedon. And then, as we say, I think we've definitely seen improvements from Shortwood over the over the new year period. Uh, a little bit of a well, pretty pretty big gap for them to catch. Uh, the likes of Cadbury Heath and Brislington but um, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't put it past them if they can. Uh, yeah, if they can live with the likes of Clevedon, uh, you never know.
1: Yeah, they they need to get that first win on the board, don't they? But, um, then it yeah. might start making a few people look down instead of up. You never know. So, moving on to the First Division. And, um, well, a six-goal thriller at Bishop Sutton. Something of a local derby in the north-east Somerset area. The visitors were uh, were Welton Rovers, and they were right bang back on form, Tom.
2: Yeah, indeed. Uh, and in particular, uh, Lewis Russell uh, managed to get a hat-trick in this one. Uh, the youngster scoring twice in the first five minutes to uh, to give Welton a really, really good start. Uh, beat the offside trap a couple of times and, uh, yeah, managed to, managed to finish nicely to, to give Welton a... A pretty strong strong start to this one. Two goals to the good uh, pretty early on. Uh, then completing his hat-trick in the first half. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty pretty, impressive performance from Russell. And then it was goals after the break from Joe Patrick and Richard Hurd. So it's good to see Welton uh, not letting up. Obviously, Yeah, had their, had their struggles of late. But uh, a 5-1 win away at Bishop Sutton, maybe, maybe kick-starting something for, for, the, for the new year.
1: Well, six goals in that game and six goals in our next game. This one um, was at Chard Town. The visitors were Warminster, but it was a little bit more even Stephen,
2: Yeah, indeed. I think probably game of the day, this one. Uh, Warminster doing pretty well over Christmas, and, yeah, backing up that, that, that impressive period. It uh, was a or draw away at Chard, so, uh, yeah, not to be sniffed that. Chard, obviously, uh, up into, up in third, so uh, a, a good point game from Warminster, uh, and it was uh, Jack Millock who fired the away side ahead, actually, uh, before Ryan Parris then uh, struck either side of, uh, of the break to, to put child ahead and probably thought they'd uh, maybe roll on and, and, and get the three points, uh, but Warminster didn't lie down. Charlie Walton equalising for them, uh, with Liam Cleal then restoring uh, child's advantage. Uh, but it was, yeah, Warminster never-say-die attitude, and uh, it was George Butler heading home uh, pretty late on to, to rescue a point for Warminster, and, uh, yeah, it was a, a pretty good uh, three-all draw there.
1: Now, Caensham, our town, they were involved um, uh, in a in a five-goal thriller. This time, the visitors were Chippenham Park.
2: Yeah, and uh, obviously Caensham, I think they, yeah, we can definitely say they are. They've found their found their feet now. Uh, Michael Grist putting them, uh, putting them ahead after just seven minutes in this one. Uh, but it was a goal from Devon Bryan, uh, getting uh, getting Chippenham Park back on level terms in the 27th minute. Uh, but it was then over to to a. Harvey. Uh, he was the star man uh, for Cambridge on Saturday, scoring twice pretty quickly. I think it was about four minutes separating his two goals early in the second half, uh, giving them a, a, a two-goal advantage. Uh, Bryan did score a second of the game for so, for Park. Looks like a pretty good signing. I think this was his. This was his debut, uh, but it was, uh, yeah, Kenchum did manage to hold on, uh, gained another three points, and obviously making a, a perfect start for 2019.
1: Now, normally, of course, we speak to managers after their sides have won because I find that it puts them in a slightly better mood. Um, But um, we haven't heard from Chippenham Park yet this season. And uh, Joe Sharples, I know, is a a keen follower of the podcast and uh, very keen to get his club highlighted. It's not been an easy time necessarily for Chippenham Park, but there are signs of the green shoots of recovery. So that was really where I started my conversation with him. 2018 wasn't the best year for Chippenham Park, but I started by asking Joe whether 2019 was going to prove to be any better.
0: Hi, and yeah, thanks for having us on. Um, yes, we are. Uh, we've Park has undergone a lot of change over the last three, four months, um, and we're viewing it very much as, as one step back to hopefully take two or three steps forward. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're optimistic um, of having a, a good 2019.
1: Now, you had a promising result on Saturday. You've only lost out at Canesham by three goals to two. Was the game as close as the scoreline suggests?
0: Uh, Yes, I I think so. Canesham had a lot of chances um, or or half chances, and and we defended very well. Um, In in my view, we we, we should have had a penalty. We also had a a late equaliser ruled out for offside, um, which... You know, in in fairness, I I think, was. Um, But, yeah, it it was a close game, but it had sort of summed up our season, really, in terms of getting the plaudits and the handshakes of a a good performance, but not the points, um, which is something we need to rectify quickly.
1: Uh, Now, although you've not been winning many games this season, uh, you've only been losing out in most of them by the odd goal. So, uh, what was your... What's your take on how things have gone? I mean, how, how do you how do you envisage that you can turn your side's form around?
0: With, with experience, really. Um, our, our team, from the start of the season, has pretty much been an under-18 side. Um, I think our oldest player, up until maybe November, was 20 years old, but sort of a regular starter. Um, most of the boys still play youth under-18, under-19 football, um, those players have now had 15, 20 games at this level. They, they understand a lot more about um, the, the challenges that it brings. Um, and we've also started to sign um, some older players who have got a very good football background in terms of non-league level um, and are the right sort of characters and personality that we wanted sort of within the squad. So I think the experiences of the first half of the season, plus, plus what we've brought in, in the last sort of four or five weeks in terms of new players will, will put us in good stead, um, as we haven't been that far off. Um, it's just been the little details of matches um, that, we, that we haven't got right. Um, we've been tuning up in, I think, four different fixtures and ended up drawing all of them 2-2 in the last 10 minutes. So those little things that happen to you when you're a, you're a young team um, have, have gone against us, but it's been a good uh, learning experience for the players.
1: Now, I'm all right in thinking this is your first, um, your first season in charge of uh, Chippenham Park?
0: That's right, yes.
1: So what was your footballing journey to the, uh, the Chippenham Park dugout?
0: So my background is, is, is working with, with, with young players, really. I've been fortunate to work in football full-time for, for a number of years. Um, I started working for West Brom um, and then had different stints with Bristol Rovers, with Reading, um Most recently with wolves um, but alongside of that running some sort of the full time second chance football and education program um, which is where a lot of these players have come from they've maybe done their time at academies as, as youngsters and have been released uh, under sixteen under eighteen um and then they've they, they've sort of come come towards me um you know hoping for an, another opportunity um you know to try and make a as good a life as possible from their football. Um so that that sort of brought me up to, to this season and a, and a number of players have sort of come from um Chippenham Towns Academy and I sort of worked with them for the last couple of years. So the the plan initially was for me to to work with the existing park squad and bring in five or six, but for various different reasons it, it didn't work out like that and we have to field a whole squad. Um Sort of the first game against Warminster, which was, as I said, literally an under eighteen side.
1: G- given that the cards were thrown up in the air at that early stage, what what really were your aspirations for this season?
0: Uh, this year's always just been a building year. We we haven't really put any targets sort of on it. We we believe that we should and, and can be higher in the league, um, but but so does every manager that that you know has got some some half decent young players. So. It's really for us finding out who can who can compete at this level, and, and most importantly for us, who can commit, who, who, who's, who's regular with their with their training, with, with their games, which is obviously a big thing at, at this sort of level with with commitments that, that people have outside of football. So it is very much a, a year of, of seeing who is where, um, and then for next season we we have. We have our plans and our hopes, which we'll sort of keep under wraps at the moment, before sort of getting too far ahead of ourselves. Um, but a lot of the players will get a good opportunity this season to to state a claim. While at the same time, we also want to move the players on. Um, we've, we've moved a couple on to those Stick clubs because it's been the right thing for their their football development, and their football journey, um, and we want to be known as a club really that gives local people or local players good players in the community a really good strong start and, and won't hold on to them for our own needs um, and, it, and if we can help them on that way then then that's fantastic for us
1: well you're, you're away at Bishop Sutton on Tuesday of this week now they've not been in the best form of late so how is impo- how important is it for you that you get something out of that game
0: I've been working really hard to sort of not say the phrase must win um, but with each month it gets a little bit closer Um, but yeah it's important Um, it's important I think mostly that we because we've got a lot of games coming up that we maintain our performance levels Um, against Canesham we were very good Cheddar we've played twice recently and ran them very close Um, so it's it's important for me with them being young players that they treat this game as if Bishop Sutton are an informed team because our, our worst performances this year with respect to the sides we've played, have been against Portishead, have been against Bristol Telephones, um, where maybe we thought we just need to turn up. So I'm very wary of the form guide and what's going on. And while on on the face of it, it seems a good opportunity, we have to make sure that we apply ourselves properly um, to to, to get a result. And I'm sure that if we do, we'll have an excellent chance. Um, So so that's what I'm hoping for from, from Tuesday night.
1: Well, on Saturday, um, you welcome Chard um, to Hard Hewish Park. Um, and, in fact, actually, that's the first of two um, consecutive home games. So, hopefully, you'll see a good crowd for that. You'll see some, some strong local support to um, to cheer you into 2019.
0: Yes. Yeah, no, I hope so. I mean, the, 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 crowds, have, the crowds have grown as, as, as the season's gone on and, and people are sort of starting to understand what we're doing um, it's been fairly well received sort of locally. Um, so, yeah, so we're, we're hopeful that with, with teams like Charles coming down um, and also our performances against other teams near the top of the table, that people will be you know, looking
1: forward to seeing a good game of football. And my thanks to Joe for his time. Now, finally, before we wrap up the review of, uh, of uh, the fixtures on Saturday, we will look at uh, a game between Wells City and Wincanton Town.
2: Two sides uh, in, the, in the, middle of the middle of the table a little bit, um, but uh, Wales turn it round of, of late, a couple of wins. I think this is on the bounce now, and uh, yeah, nil-nil going into the 88th minute, so looked like a looked like a draw. Uh, but then James Bisgrove, I think they're pretty happy with with how he's going so far this season. He managed to score twice uh, in the final three minutes, and uh, yeah, gave Wells a pretty impressive two-nil win at home to Wincanton.
1: We'll have a look at the fixtures. Uh, coming up, uh, starting really, uh, there's a couple of games in midweek, but we really look at the games starting on um, Saturday the 12th of January. A pretty comprehensive round of matches um, in the Premier Division, less so in the First Division, but we'll come to that in a minute. Which games picked? Uh, uh, which games tickled your fancy in the in the Premier Division, Tom?
2: I think the uh, the, the main one that caught my eye was uh, Clevedon, uh home to Plymouth Parkway. I think we, have yeah, certainly. <laughs> given Cleveland a couple of mentions already uh, so far, and uh, yeah, another home game for them and uh, take on Parkway. Obviously, suffered their first defeat in a while. Uh, we'll probably want to want to hit the ground running and maybe maybe get a rebound uh, result in this one. Uh, but yeah, not not going to be easy at Cleveland, But I think two pretty evenly 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 uh, evenly matched sides, and uh, yeah, could could decide a lot.
1: Well, the game that um, I've picked out for Saturday is Shepton Mallet against Bradford Town. Now we know that Shepton have been in very good form at home, um, because as usual, I've robbed one of Tom's statistics on that one. Um, but Bradford have also been in, in in good form of late, so I reckon that will be a uh, that will be a real humdinger as well. And Shepton, one of those sides capable of mustering a, a good home gate as well, so a good occasion if. Um, if uh, you're able to get to that one, uh, what about the first division, Tom? Which uh, which which fixture have you picked out there?
2: Yeah, only, only seven games this weekend, so a couple of teams uh, soft talk playing this weekend. And I think the game that uh, maybe caught my a little more than the others, uh, Wells City hosting Calm. Obviously, calm uh, doing really well up in up in up in the top four, and probably need to to win quite a few games to to catch the uh, the Cheddars and Caneshams, uh, who are running away with it a little bit at the top. So uh, um, a game away at Wales, not going to be easy. I think Wells, yeah, as I say, I think they're capable of, uh, of a little more over the second half of the season. Already, I think, seventh. So, I mean, yeah, I'm saying this as if they're, uh, as if they're struggling a little bit. But they certainly are, a top-five side, potentially. So, uh, yeah, not an easy game for Cowan on, on Saturday afternoon.
1: Uh, a couple of games that um, sort of have caught my eye. I mean, it'd be interesting to see which Bishop's Lydiard side and which Radstock Town side um, turn up. Um, for their fixture because um, on their day both of them are a, a, a couple of really good footballing sides but they haven't been having too many days like that of late so uh, so that will be interesting to see the other fixture that um, that really um, catches my eyes Welton Rovers at home to Cheddar this has got a little bit of a Derby feel about it these two sides aren't separated by a great deal of geography and indeed there is a little bit of interesting history between the two of them as well so um, from that perspective it's an interesting game Welton could well be on um, on, uh, on the way back they'd had very good form earlier in the season not so great cost um, Clive's got his, um, his job there at the club but um, you know, they've had a good result at the weekend so if they're back on song they'll give Cheddar a real test of course we know Cheddar going very very well in the first division they're league leaders at the moment um, but, um, yeah, that, will, that could prove... If Weltner on song, that could prove a really tough test for the, for the league leaders. And that, You know, another one of those classic adages that any side can beat any other side in the First Division. Um, I reckon that we've got just about enough time, Tom, to cast our eye down to the first league tables of 2019. We can see who the runners and the riders are. Um, do you want to have a look at the, uh, at the Premier Division for us? Yeah, indeed. So it's
2: definitely tightening up at the top. Uh, we've got Willand, obviously, uh, in cup action on, uh, last weekend. Uh, so they remain on 20 games played. <clears throat> they've got 51 points. so They currently lead the way. Uh, and then you've got a logjam of teams on 48. You've got Bridgewater. They've played 24 matches. So a couple more uh, the most of their rivals. They've played 24. They've got 48, as they say. And we've got Westbury on 48 as well. They've played 20 matches. So they've got four in hand on, on Bridgewater. They've obviously beat them uh, on, on the weekend. And then we've also got Clevedon, uh, 48 points from 23 matches. Uh, and then just behind that, we've got Bitten, who've played the least of the lot. They've only played 19 games, and they're on 47. So those those four ch- four teams chasing Willand, and uh, yeah, it's definitely getting exciting at the top of the uh, the Premier Division. We've got quite a lot of teams uh, in and around the uh, in and around the uh, chasing pack.
1: Right in top of the first division, and uh, Cheddar, there they are. Played 20, 53 points, exactly the same number of points. Uh, as Keynesham Town, who've um, played three games more. Probably what's um, better news for Keynesham Town fans is that uh, there is something of a gap opening up between Keynesham and Chard. Obviously, Keynesham have come close so many times to get automatic promotion from the first into the Premier Division this season. They've certainly started the, uh, the, sort of the turn of the year in, uh, in, a, in, a, in a strong position. But Chard there played 21. They're on 45 points. Karn they have played 22. They're on 44 points, and then there's a 5 ga- uh, five-point gap down to Corsham, who've played 23. Uh, they're on on 39. So slightly more congested, particularly in the middle of the uh, of the first division. Um, so any team that goes on a bit of a run, um, could well find themselves knocking on the top, um, not knocking on the top five or or six um, for the first division. But it'll be interesting to see how how that one. Pans out certainly. Cheddar and Cainsham are two sides with some very good pedigree. Now, I did notice, Tom, that you um, even even though we were well, even though I was taking my Christmas sabbatical, you were there banging out the old um, um, uh, bulletin and uh, and uh, your reports for the uh, uh, for the non-league paper. And uh, obviously, this weekend has been no different for you. Yeah, indeed. Uh,
2: Still busy at it. A couple of uh, couple of bulletins over the a festive period to cover all the all the matches, so uh, yeah, they should be uh, available on the on, on the website. There's a tab along the top um, which should take you to the, the most recent, uh, and then also yeah, is on the home page uh, where you can download it um, in PDF and Word format. So yeah, that's uh, that's a bulletin, and then, yeah, non-league paper, a couple hundred words on the uh, the, the most recent Premier Division matches, and uh, yeah, that's in the step
1: five and six section. Well, Tom, it's been great to catch up with you again for our first episode of the uh, of the new year, twenty nineteen. Of course, it's our twenty second episode of the um, of the season. I think, given that we've been at this for a couple of years now, I think we must we can't be far away from closing in on our hundredth episode. Um, I I think
2: I think we might be there, maybe there or thereabouts.
1: But yeah, Uh, we we probably we probably need um, some celebration for that. (laughs) I I don't know. Anyway, probably as people listening at home to this thinking we we certainly don't. Get these, get these clowns off the air now <laughs> Right <then>. um, <laughs> anyway it's great to have you back um, and uh, we look forward to bringing uh, all the listeners, all of the coverage for the remainder of the season the exciting run in and of course um, the conclusion of both the Les Phillips Cup and the FA Vars, let's see how far Willem can get in that competition on this year's 2019 Toolstation, Western Podcast